Hey guys, William Mayette, creator of Jazz Edge. Welcome to episode number 33 of the Confident Improviser podcast. Today we're going to be talking about uh, step four in my jazz piano improvisation series. This is advanced improv, and these are going to be the techniques that will make you sound much more like a pro improviser. So again, uh, this podcast uh, is a companion podcast to my Confident Improviser program found at Jazz Edge. Uh, if you're interested in uh, learning more about it, just go back to jazzedge.com. And let's get started with part four of jazz piano improvisation. I want to welcome you to part four of my jazz piano improvisation series. So this is the confident improviser in four steps. And like I said, this is part four. Now, if you happen to be coming into this uh, more advanced part four, just want to let you know if you haven't seen parts one, two, and three, I'm going to give you real actionable material that you can use in your practice routines. Uh, confident improviser shows all levels of player how to uh, improvise at the piano, and it's great uh, even if you're not a uh, piano improviser. So if you improvise, uh, you know, on guitar or saxophone, trumpet, whatever it is, the confident improviser is really going to help you, uh, you know, shore up your improvisation. Like I said, the emphasis on piano, but it's great for all different instruments. Be sure to check out the other free uh, mini tutorials that I have at jazzedge.com free. All right, so let's get into it. Today, we're going to be talking about advanced improv. So now what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to use uh, most of the sheet music from my TCI exercise number 20. So you'll be able to see exactly what uh, the TCI, the Confident Improviser sheet music, looks like and the way that it's formulated. If you want to grab the sheet music, go ahead and follow the link uh, below in the description in this video. All right, so let's get started. What we're going to be focusing on here today is our rootless chord voicings. So in our rootless chord voicing, and again, I go into much more detail in uh, the TCI program, but just to kind of give you an overview of how a rootless chord voicing works, Basically what you're going to do is there's a few different ways of formulating these rootless chord voicings. I'm going to give you one of them right now, right? So for a D minor 7 chord, the notes are usually D, F, A, and C. Now typically when playing with a bass player, we don't want to play the root of the chord, the D. Why? Well, because the bass player is playing the root of the chord. So it's really unnecessary for us to play the root of the chord. So typically what we'll do is we'll just kind of like shift up our hand, right, and then play the F, the A, the C, and the E. That's one way of formulating a rootless chord voicing for a minor chord, just kind of shift up um, and change the inversion and play the ninth with your thumb up at the top here, okay? I'm going to show you a different way though. So what we do is we start with the guide tones of our chord first. Remember the guide tones are the third and the seventh of the chord, okay? So in a D minor seven chord, again, the notes are D, F, A, and C. The third of the chord is F, the seventh of the chord is C. So what you do in your left hand, you put your pinky on the F, second finger on the C. Now typically when playing rootless chord voicings, you're gonna play one note in between the pinky and the second finger. So typically play with your middle finger. And you're gonna play one note above the second finger. All right, and that would be typically played with the thumb. Okay? So in this case, we're not gonna put in that middle note because we're only gonna do a three note voicing right now for the D minor seven. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna take our thumb and we're gonna put it on E. So the rootless chord voicing, the three note rootless chord voicing for D minor would be F, C, and E. If I play it, it sounds a little bit thin, right? But if I put a, a D underneath there, it sounds nice and full now. Now, 
The difference between the three note and the four note rootless chord voicings is, well, exactly that, one note. One of them has three notes, one of them has four notes. Why would you use the three note over the four note? Well, one of the reasons I like using the three note voicings over the four note voicings is that it makes the chord voicing a little bit more open. Since you only have three notes that you're playing, it means that you're going to have less notes that are going to conflict with that chord voicing. In other words, like if I put that A in there and I play like an A flat or a B flat, here it's quite a bit of tension. But if I leave that A out and I'm just playing the F, the C, and the E in the left hand, now I only have three notes to contend with and only three notes that are going to potentially cause tension when I start to improvise. Alright, so here's my D minor 7 rootless uh, chord voicing, three note rootless voicing. When I go to G, I take the C and I move it down to B. Put a G underneath here. So again, D here, I'm playing the root here in my, uh, on the bottom note over here, okay, and I'm playing the rootless chord voicing here in my left hand. Okay, so now on the G7 chord, let's talk about these notes. This is F, B, and E. Now again, let's think about what are the notes of my G7 chord. It's G, B, D, and F. Now notice how you really have to know these seventh chords and know the names of the notes and know how to spell the seventh chord. And when I say spell, I'm saying that you know the names of the notes that are found within that chord. Just like a C major triad, to spell a C major triad, it's C, E, and G. It's not T-R-A-I-A-D for triad, right? So you're not spelling it that way. Spelling it means that you're saying the notes of the chord. All right, so the G7 chord, you really have to know the notes of this chord in order to be able to spell it, right? So it's G, B, D, and F. So where do we get those notes from? You get them all off of that major scale, and that's where you want to take a look at that course Piano Essentials. That's where you'll learn those major scales. You'll learn these basic seventh chords. Okay, and you also even get into a little bit of rootless chord voicings as well. But at least you get the scale and the basic chord. So here, when we're doing these rootless chord voicings, we have to know that basic chord of G, B, D, and F. Okay, I'm making the assumption that you already know those notes of that basic chord so that when I say, oh, we're going to play F, B, and E, that's my seventh, my third, and E is my what? It is, some people might say six. In reality, it's 13. The reason we say 13 is because it's a, it is a chord tension. It's not replacing a chord tone. Instead, it is being added on. I explain that more in the site as well, but that's the basic reasoning there. All right, so G7, F, B, and E. And again, we have the seventh, the third, and we come up to the 13th here with the thumb. Now, the whole four-note chord voicing would have the A in there as well. I'd, I'd add in the nine. So it'd be F, A, B, and E. Again, though, we're only playing a three-note voicing, so we're going to take that A out. Now, when we go up to E minor, if you want, pause the video right now, all right, or pause the lesson, and think about, okay, D minor was uh, the third, the seventh, and the ninth. We're going to use that exact same pattern on the E minor seven chord, the third, the seventh, and the ninth, okay? So if you want to pause the lesson and try and figure it out, go ahead. All right, so now uh, the notes of E minor seven are the G, the D, and the F sharp. G is the third, D is the seventh, F sharp is the ninth. And when I go to the A7 chord, I just take that D and I bring it down to C sharp, okay? And again, what are these notes? That's the F, the C sharp, uh, I'm sorry, the G, the C sharp, and the F sharp. That is the seventh, the third, and the thirteenth of my A7 chord. 
So it's ex exactly the same pattern as the D minor 7 to G. I just move up a step, and then E, A. So what I'm going to do is in the left hand I'm going to play the root, in the right hand I'm going to play the rootless chord voicing. Typically, the bass player would be playing the root. I'm going to play it right now, okay? And typically we'd be playing these rootless chord voicings in our left hand, typically, right? Doesn't have to be all the time. All right, so we have D minor 7, that's F, C, and E in the right hand. Then when I go to G7, F, B, and E. And then E minor 7, that's G, D, and uh, F sharp in the right hand, or in the, in the chord voicing, right? And an A7 is G, C sharp, and F sharp. And this works for all styles. Latin feel if I want to do a swing. Right? You want to learn bass lines like that? All of that stuff is covered in, uh, you know, uh, not only the, the Confident Improviser, but then also Standards by the Dozen and other lessons on the site. All right, so anyway, those are our chord voices. So we first of all want to start with that accompaniment. As you can see on, on the sheet here, uh, the analysis is there as well. We're in the key of C, so it's a 2, 5, and then a 3, 5, 7 of 2 progression. I explain that more in TCI. I'm not going to worry about explaining that to you right now. Okay? Right now, we just want to try and get those uh, rootless chord voicings together. Okay, so now let's move on to the ingredients. In the ingredients section, we're going to be talking about our altered scale cells. Now, like I said in uh, the Jazz Improv Series Part 3, that we were going to start to get into some of these scale cells and more advanced concepts. All right, so now a scale cell is basically you take the full scale and you break it down. It might be three notes, four notes, five notes, but it's a smaller piece of the whole. Just like our body is made up of trillions of cells, well, we could take a cell out of the scale. So if we have the whole scale is like a seven or eight note scale, well, a cell might just be four notes of that, of that scale. So in this case, we're just playing the first four notes of each of those altered scales. So the G7 altered scale, the first four notes would be G, A flat, a sharp and then B natural, okay? And then the A7 uh, uh, scale cell for the first four notes of the A7 altered scale would be A, B flat, C natural or B sharp, however you wanna look at it, and then C sharp, okay? So A, B flat, C natural, C sharp, okay? Now these notes are the root, let's go back to G for a second. So G, A flat, B flat, and B natural. The notes are the root of the chord, the flat nine, A flat is flat nine, B flat, A sharp, however you want to look at it, that's our sharp nine, and then B natural is the third. So you see how we have the root and the third in our scale cell, and then we have flat nine, sharp nine. So this should be pretty simple. Let's say we do it on C. Okay, so what's root and third in C? That's C and E, flat nine would be D flat, sharp nine would be D sharp. Now these altered scales work great over dominant seventh chords, okay? because we add in that tension of the flat nine, the sharp nine, even if you're playing a natural nine in your chord voicing, which we are going to do, they still sound good. Okay? So that altered scale is a really nice scale to kind of have in your toolbox.
All right, so now let's move on to rhythm. In rhythm, we want to start to syncopate a little bit more as we get advanced. Like I said, this is all from TCI exercise number 20. Obviously, I'm going through a little bit faster than I do in the actual lesson, uh, just to kind of give you a summary. But, uh, and also, you should also know that in the lessons, I don't do as much, uh, you know, talking as I'm doing right now. In the lesson, it's really a lot more like, hey, let's, let's play the rhythm, let's do the exercise. We, we really just kind of roll up our sleeves and just get right into it. All right, so... The rhythm here is D-ba-dee-ba, D-ba-ba-dee-ba-dee-ba, right? So we have a little bit of syncopation going on in the second measure here. We have an eighth note to a quarter note to an eighth note. That would be one and two and, or D-ba-ba-dee-ba-dee-ba, okay? So let's just play this rhythm, okay? We'll do it a couple of times. One, two, ready, go. D-ba-dee-ba, D-ba-ba-dee-ba-dee-ba. Okay, try it again. Two, ready, go. Dee-ba-dee-ba, dee-ba, dee-ba-dee-ba. And typically, as I've explained before, that quarter note, we would play that short, so you can kind of think of it like almost like a staccato on top of that quarter note. I just don't hold it out. I don't do this. Dee-ba-ba-dee-ba-dee-ba. I go dee-ba-ba-dee-ba-dee-ba. So you can hear how it's short there. Right? So that's our rhythm. Pretty simple rhythm, not too difficult. And what we're going to do is we're going to take that rhythm and we are going to apply it to our scale and notes and ingredients. So here, let me just go ahead and play this for you, first of all. have going on here is in the first measure this is really just chord tones and tensions it's right so it's coming right down that D minor 7 rootless chord voicing so I have E C A and then to F right so it's the ninth the seventh the fifth and the third of D minor and when I go to the G7 right this right here there's my four-note uh, scale cell for my altered scale. G, A-flat, A-sharp, B-natural. And then for the E minor, I play the F-sharp, D, B, and G, right? So it's 9, 7, 5, 3 from that E minor 7 chord. And one thing you should know is a lot of times people get confused with that E minor 7 they're like, well, wait a second, there's an F sharp in there, but I'm in the key of C, so how is that still diatonic? Because don't look at that F sharp as being part of the key of C. Instead of, think of that F sharp as being part of the E minor chord. The F sharp is the ninth of the chord. The ninth of the chord is always going to work on that minor chord, right? So even though it's outside of the key of C, it still works on the chord of the moment. All right, so now... This is really where it gets fun. Let's put on this backing track here with the iReal Pro, right? And let's just go ahead and play along with this.
Now, one thing that I uh, recommend the students in the TCI programs, just because I'm doing this, right, with the, on the D minor seven chord, doesn't mean I can't change that rhythm around and use those notes and get a little bit more creative with it. Something like this. As you can hear, it starts to sound a lot more advanced. It starts to sound a lot more like jazz piano improvisation. Now, that's at 80 beats a minute. I put this up to a nice 120 beats per minute. sound. Now, a lot of times students think, hey, you know, I can't really improvise, right? I've tried in the past, or people have told me I can't improvise. The reality is that anybody can learn to improvise, okay? Now, there always has to be a, you know, like some reality that has to set in. If you're brand new to improvisation and you think after two weeks or after I buy this one course, I'm going to be able to improvise like Bill Evans, yeah, you know, come on, right? It's like it takes years of practice to really hone the craft of improvisation. But the point is, Anybody can learn it, and I know that to be true because I have thousands of students who have gone through these courses, and they tell me, like, you know, I wasn't able to do it before, and now I can do it. So you can do it as well. So if you feel like, eh, I can't really improvise, trust me, you can do it. All right, so now let's move on to the inspiration section. Within each uh, uh, TCI exercise, um, and TCI lesson, there's also an inspiration section. And what I wrote out here is the in inspiration lessons give you a lot of new ideas and advanced ideas to incorporate into your practice routine. Here we're focusing on three note rootless chord, chord voicings and other keys. We also cover full four note voicings, two handed chord voicings, bell tones, and a whole bunch more in the inspiration section of TCI. But in this case right here, what are we doing? We're taking this, these, three note voicings that we've already learned here in the key of C, and now we're moving them to the key of F. So this would be G minor seven, okay? And then I move on to the altered. Okay, so oh, let me do that again. So, right, there's A minor seven, right? D seven altered. Now, some of those voicings are a little bit low, and I explain how you can also do them up an octave if you want to. But now, check this out. I'm going to move this uh, into the key of F, okay, so that we can go ahead and play this. Now, listen to what this sounds like with that bass line. Whoops. Like I said, a little bit low down there, right? 
bring that up an octave. Right, you can also go ahead and play the voicings that we did in the lesson. So the inspiration lessons add on a little bit extra, right? So if you're a more advanced player and you're looking for something a little bit more, you know, a little bit like extra credit, well, the inspiration lesson is for you. So let's just cover what's going on here in this and these voicings. So the G minor seven is still the same thing, the third, the seventh, and ninth, but when we move to the C7, rather than just moving the seventh of the G minor down to the third of C, like we were doing in the uh, lesson part, right, which would make B flat, E, and A, right, again, the seventh, the third, and the thirteenth, well, what we're doing is we're moving that F down to E, but we're also moving the A down to A flat, and that gives us our flat thirteen, okay? Now, a full four-note voicing, which we do cover in the inspiration lesson, we could also add in sharp nine there as well. Listen to that voicing. And then A minor 7 to D7, same thing. We have the 7th uh, 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 and the 3rd, and we have flat 13 in there. We could also add in sharp 9 as well if we want with the F natural. So listen to what the full, the full four note voicing sound like. I think you'll like the sound of this. Here we go. And we can change around and do different inversions because since this is a little too low down there, you know, you know, we can do voicings like this down here. You know, we can do these voicings, these uh, voicings that are down a little bit lower and they sound a little bit better. And all of that is covered in the lesson itself, right? But basically what that sounds like is this. A great sound. Now, on those altar chords, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play that four note altered scale cell. So I see a C7 altered here. I'm going to alter the voicing down here as well. I'm going to change the inversion of it. Right? And I'm going to play in my right hand C, D flat, D sharp, E natural. On the D7, I'm going to play D, E flat, E sharp, F natural, right? And F sharp. Take a listen to what that sounds like. starts to sound like some nice advanced jazz improvisation. Now, 
each of these exercises builds upon itself. So even though I'm playing this right now and it like might sound a little bit advanced, you might be like, well, wait a second, this is just like part four. This is just a summary just to kind of give you an idea of what it is that you find inside of the course. Um, there are dozens and dozens of exercises in the course, all right? So already there are, are over 26 different exercises in the course and more are being added. I'm not quite sure exactly when we're going to end. We're going to end once we have everything done and we, uh, you know, move into other styles. We'll be moving into rock and, you know, uh, funk and different uh, styles like that as well and bringing in, in some of those improvisation ideas. So this is really just designed right now, this particular lesson that you're listening to, uh, it's just designed to give you an overview and an idea of what it is that you'll find inside of the entire course, but then to also give you some ideas that you can work on. So with that in mind, let's talk about putting it all together and some practice routines. So the first thing is try creating your own three note voicings on your own. So you already know the three note voicing for the minor and the dominant, all right? So it's the third, the seventh, and the ninth for minor. And then just take the seventh of the minor chord and move it down and that becomes the third of the dominant. So let's say we wanted to do C minor seven. That would be the third, the seventh, and the ninth. Okay, the third is what? E flat. The seventh is what? B flat. The, th uh, the ninth is what? D. And then when I, so if I put a C underneath there, sounds real nice. When I go up to F, all I gotta do is move that B flat down to A. I can keep the other notes exactly where they are, okay? Or if I wanna just kinda, you know, think about the theory and kinda start from scratch, well, on the dominant, it's the seventh, the third, and the thirteenth, which is E flat, A natural, and D natural for the F7. So C minor, F7, C minor, F7. I can go through and I can practice these in all 12 keys, right? Uh, that would be a fantastic exercise for you to do, just working those three note chord voicings in all 12 keys. All right, now the other thing that you could do is try exploring the cells with the rootless voicing, okay? And a real good one is on the dominant sevens, okay? So let's say that I take the C7, right? I can take the third, the seventh, and the ninth, or I can take the seven, the three, and the 13, whichever voicing I wanna do for the dominant seventh. Let's take this one, okay? So that's my B flat. Low down there, so I'll do it right up here. B flat, E, and A natural. Okay, so now what I could do is in the right hand, so you see, I'm just playing around with those notes the E, the C, D flat, D sharp, and E natural. Again, that's the root, the flat nine, the sharp nine, and the third. Those are the first four notes of the altered scale. So that, I, you know, I play the rootless chord voicing in the left hand, and I just play around with those four notes in the right hand. Now, some uh, students, you know, they, they, they might question, well, why am I only doing four notes? Why am, I, why am I not really utilizing the entire scale? There's a couple of reasons for that. Number one, the most basic reason is because four notes are a lot easier for you to manage than trying to manage eight notes or seven notes, right? The rest of the notes of the scale are these notes up here, right? So in C, that would be G flat, A flat, B flat, and C. That's the rest of the altered scale. So there's a lot of notes there that have to deal with, and a lot of times when you have 
you know, several notes like that, eight notes, well, you know, it might be a little bit challenging for you to know exactly which notes you should be playing and when. So it's a little bit easier when you just play four notes. The other reason is that I find it best when you break up a scale in half like that or into cells like that because then you can see what is the same and what is, the, what is different between scales. So what you'll notice is that the altered scale, the top four notes, share the same top four notes as the whole tone scale. Okay? So the whole tone scale are these notes, C, D, E, F sharp, G sharp, B flat, and C. Right? So guess what? The uh, altered scale is C, D flat, D sharp, E, and then the same top four notes, G flat, A flat, B flat, C, or F sharp, G sharp, A, uh, B flat, C, however you want to look at it. Right? So you see how those top four notes are exactly the same. That's why we focus on those first four notes for right now, because then you get the flavor of the altered scale. All right, so playing around with the notes of the cell, along with that rootless voicing, if you have a play-along track, that would be great to practice. All right, then the third thing is try creating your own licks with the same rhythm or a new rhythm. So if I go back once again to the, uh, let's, uh, let's just go right here to this, to, to, uh, to this. You can see the rhythm here is D ba D ba, right? D ba ba D ba D ba D ba D ba. D ba ba D ba D ba. So before, when I was just kind of like playing around. So I can play around and create my own new licks use, utilizing that same rhythm. Now let's pause for one quick second here and let's talk about, well, wait a minute, I'm just playing licks. I'm really not improvising here, Willie, am I? Well, in reality, yeah, you're right. You are just playing licks, okay? But that's how improvisation starts. It's just like language. You know, when you were a baby, imagine it wasn't like your parents just said to you, Okay, now speak, right? Uh, you didn't have a vocabulary. You needed to learn the vocabulary, so what did your parents do? They would say, say mama, say dada, choo-choo train, you know, hungry, food, like whatever it is, right? And then you would learn certain words, and all of us have our first word that we said. Maybe mama, dada, brother, sister, dog, whatever it is, right? So we have our first word. And then after we have our first word, we add on our vocabulary until finally what happens? Then we have enough words in our vocabulary that then the magical thing happens in which we take two words and we put them together. And then it's three words, then four words, we make sentences, then paragraphs, then we can start to tell stories. That's the way that we start with language and that's exactly the way that we should start with improvisation. Too often, and I know this from personal experience, and I also know it by seeing a lot of other methods out there, too often it's, okay, here's your chord, here's your scale, now go ahead and improvise. And the reality of that is that that usually fails most students because it's too much information for them to be able to process all at once. TCI, the Confident Improviser, changes all of that by giving you a step-by-step graded approach and graded meaning that it starts super simple and then adds complexity as we go all right so if you've never improvised before you could start at the very beginning and it's 
like perfect. It just adds on. Now, can you move around the program? Sure, you could do that as well. If you don't want to start with the first 10, you want to start on exercise 11, sure, you could do that as well as a Jazz Edge member. You know, you can move around. You're not stuck. You know, you don't have to go in order. However, everything is laid out in order, which makes it a little bit easier for you. Okay, so what we're doing here is we're taking a rhythm, we have notes and ingredients, we combine the notes and ingredients along with that rhythm and we create ourselves a lick, right? Or a phrase, a motif, a motive, an idea that we can use for our improvisation, right? So I encourage you to do exactly that same thing. Try creating your own licks, utilizing notes of the chord, the scale cells, and you can utilize the rhythm that we covered here in this, uh, in this uh, uh, mini lesson, or come up with your own rhythm. And then also, finally, the last thing is join the course, right? And you can get help from me, and you can also interact with other students, see other students playing. So if you really want to learn improvisation, the, uh, and you're asking for help, and which way should I go? Well, it's simple. You should be a Jazz Edge member. Uh, I can guarantee you that if you're interested in learning improvisation, you're willing to practice, okay? And when I say willing to practice, I really mean like a half an hour a day, right? Five days a week, a half hour, you, you'll make steady progress with, with that amount of time. So if you're willing to learn improvisation, you're willing to practice, then the confident improviser at Jazz Edge, hands down, will show you how to improvise, right? And I know that, and I could say that with, uh, with uh, complete honesty um, and, and, and affirmation because I have seen thousands and thousands of different students do this. I've witnessed them be able to learn this improvisation and this is years and years culminating into the confident improviser. All right, so last of all, you know, like I say, I love my students. Uh, every other Thursday, I uh, um, uh, have my Jazz Edge Core training. It's a Q&A session. You can go ahead and ask me questions about Jazz Edge Core. That's every other Thursday as a Jazz Edge student. I also do coaching every single Tuesday, so you could share your playing with me as well, and then you can get help that way, right? You can see uh, other students as well, see, see their playing. It's a great, uh, great community and a great way for you to really be able to stay on track with your practice and learn how to play jazz piano. All right, so anyway, that's it for me. I hope you enjoyed this mini course. I'd love to hear from you. Go ahead and leave your comments uh, if you're watching this on YouTube or, or uh, leave a review if you're listening to the podcast uh, or go ahead and write in. I'm, I'm more than happy to, uh, to help you out and uh, I, I would love to hear whatever wins you have with the material. Okay, so anyway, that's it for me. Thanks, guys, and I will see you in the next lesson.